Happy Tuesday morning, everybody. Today is Tuesday, August the 14th, and you're listening to the Airstream Chronicles podcast with Rich Sharpentier. Thanks for stopping by and taking some time out of your day to listen in on the podcast. I really appreciate it. So today is Tech Talk Tuesday, and we're going to get into a fun one here. There, there are apples in my Airstream. And so if you look in my fridge, you'll find out that there are pink crips apples in the Airstream. But that's not what we're talking about. You know what I'm talking about here. Uh, I'm talking about the uh, Apple products. You know, you know, that giant monolith of a company now. Remember when Apple was struggling to stay alive during the 90s? Yeah, so do I. Um, there are apples everywhere. People have their iPhones, their iPads, their crazy little smartwatches. Um, laptops and desktops. Apple has really uh, grown over the last decade and a half. And um, I'm not an Apple user because I'm an Apple fanboy. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've got some gripes with them lately. But I actually made the switch and got a uh, MacBook way back when in 2002. So the reason for the switch is actually not what you'll not what you'd think probably um, people are grabbing apple products now because they're slick they're stylized they're pretty easy to use when i first picked up an apple um, i was doing a lot of windows work and a lot of unix work in telecommunications and um, when apple came out with osx and um, started pushing the new operating system, that's when they got my attention. And the reason why they got my attention, um, working on Lucent switches uh, back in the 1990s and 2000s, uh, a lot of what we did was on the Unix platform. So we used a lot of Sun servers and um, our operations and management platform that accessed our telecommunication switch and our cell towers, uh, that was all Unix-based. So when Apple came out with the new Darwin operating system, that the Darwin is the core that's behind the pretty stuff you see on a Macintosh, um, that really got my attention and got my ex's attention as she was a Unix administrator. So we picked up a um, one of the little white MacBooks at the time, their little laptops, gave it a try, and I realized that I wanted one as well for myself, so I ended up getting one. And that's the start of my Apple story. Uh, I still know Windows well, and I can still work with Windows systems, and I've got absolutely nothing against the uh, different manufacturers out there, the different platforms, be it Dell or Lenovo or whoever else. They put together some pretty good stuff. Um, I was impressed with Apple way back in the beginning because of everything that came with it and because of the fact that I could also uh, actually do things on the Unix platform with the... Uh, Darwin system that they developed. So that's what caught me. And when I first hit the road uh, with the Airstream in 2006, there were some other things that really stood out to me that Apple was getting right. So when I first started my travels, I was also doing a little podcast uh, and a little video podcast that was posted on my website. And um, what impressed me was that I had a bunch of tools um, that I didn't even think about when I was first working with, uh, with my MacBooks. And what I mean by that is um, as I started the travels, I wanted to share more through the blog. So I wanted to start doing a podcast, and I also wanted to share video. And that was way before HD video. I was using a little Canon Digital Elf 
to shoot these tiny little clips, but they were actually a lot of fun. They kept my family informed of where I was and how I was doing, and also showed them some places that they themselves had never visited. And that all came about because on the MacBook Pro that I had bought that year, uh, it came with iMovie, it came with GarageBand, uh, it came with Photos or iPhoto, whatever it was called back then. The bottom line was Apple included a lot of stuff beyond just the operating system. So back then, when you went out and got a Windows laptop or a Windows desktop, you got the operating system. And if you wanted to edit photos, you're going to have to buy a photo editing program. If you were worried about security, you were going to have to buy an antivirus with a yearly subscription. If you wanted to uh, view and edit videos, you're going to have to buy a separate video editing platform. So there was all this extra software to get on the Windows systems, which is still pretty accurate today as well. But um, when you unbox a Macintosh, you actually have a, a multimedia production computer right there in front of you right off the bat. So that was another thing that really impressed me. Um, I wasn't a, an iMovie expert at the time. I surely wasn't a GarageBand expert at the time. And um, I wasn't into doing heavy photo editing at the time either, but I had the tools right there in that package. So when people talk about the additional expense of Apple products, they often leave out the fact that I got all this extra stuff. Maybe I'm not even using it, but Apple included, they, they had the forethought to include some of the tools I might want to use down the road with their product. So the inclusion of iMovie, going out and buying a video editing package for a Windows system could um, become very expensive. Um, getting even a simpler um, photo editing program, um, like back in the day it was Adobe Photoshop Elements, um, that still cost money. Uh, doing audio recordings on a Windows machine, you're going to have to buy an audio recording software. That costs money. When you start totaling all that up, and maybe you got a $800 Windows laptop, and when you add some of the software in, when you're all said and done, that Windows laptop is now a $1,200 or $1,400 laptop. And in the MacBook that I had gotten at the time, um, my MacBook, I believe, was about $1,200. So when I started comparing apples and oranges, haha, pun intended, um, but when I started comparing um, the Windows and the Apple stuff, I said to myself, you know, uh, if I wanted all this software on a Windows platform, I'd be paying for it. And by the time I totaled it up, that Windows laptop was in the same price range or maybe even a little more than the MacBook that I had at the time. So there's that, you know, they were including more software up front so that you could do more with the product right out of the box. So that really impressed me. So there you go, Apple. There's uh, there's the big plug for you. There are definitely some apples in my Airstream. And um, I've been satisfied with the Apple products over the years until probably the past year and a half. Apple's been doing some things wrong lately, and they've... Uh, They've uh, focused so heavily on some of the mobile toys, and I'm not calling an iPhone a toy. It's my, uh, my hotspot for my internet. I use it uh, regularly throughout the day. Uh, it's a 
definitely a powerful operating system in a tiny package. So I'm very impressed with that. And I can make podcasts and videos on my iPhones now. So that's great. Um, what I'm having a problem with with Apple lately is their attention to their larger products. So I'm talking about their iMacs, their Pro series, uh, the new MacBooks. I have a MacBook that's uh, purchased in, um, let me see, 2014. So here we are in 2018. That product is still working great. Uh, it's not as slim as the new MacBooks, so it's not as sexy. But um, it's got more ports on it. It's got more connections on it. I can plug more things into it and use more devices with it. I'm not liking the new slimmed down MacBooks. I'm not a fan of the new iMacs because I can't update. I can't add my own RAM. I can't get into these things. Uh, I purchased an iMac last year for video editing for my YouTube videos, and I had multiple problems with it within the first couple of months. So uh, I had to bring it back in because I can't crack it open. I can't work on it like that. And I had an operating system problem right after an update from Apple. The system crashed and locked itself up. And then I had a hardware issue as well where I had to bring it back in again. And for the price of it, I have much higher expectations um, for the product. So I feel like the quality control is going down when it comes to their desktop and laptop products. And I feel like they're so focused on the iPhones and the iPads that they're forgetting who the audience is for their larger systems. So I have my MacBook Pro and my iMac so that I can do my job. Um, that's the, uh, the primary role of both of those devices is to work on client websites, work on search engine optimization, work on expanding my YouTube presence, and work on expanding this new podcast as well. And when the hardware is actually becoming problematic, uh, it's making me, it's actually making me look at um, Windows platforms again. So I've actually been reading around and looking around because where the new MacBook Pros are at today, they've got their little bar up on the top and things. I don't care about any of that. For me, if I were to get another MacBook Pro, it's because it's a development platform. It's a development platform for my customers and for my own business. And I want a stable, secure platform. I want to know that the hardware is reliable and that I'm going to get years and years and years of use out of it. By the way, my original MacBook that hit, that came on the road with me in 2006 is still in use to this day. I actually gave it to one of my sisters, and it is still working for her. We swapped out the battery on it um, before I sent it to her and cleaned out the drive, and um, her kids actually use that regularly. So they actually play uh, DVDs, and they watch... Uh, they watch different movies on it. So that, that computer is still running a decade later. So that says something about the product from back in 2006. And I don't feel like the last, the newest generation of MacBook Pros or iMacs measure up to that standard that was set by Apple previously. So I'm getting a little disappointed. And let me clarify. So I can't add any RAM to the iMac that I'm recording this on right now. I cannot do that myself. 
I um I can still get into my um my older MacBook Pro here. Uh, if I want to swap out a drive or something, I can do that. But as they're getting slimmer and slimmer with the product, um, the sleeker and sleeker design, uh, I think that they're forgetting um, use. My one other complaint with uh, computers in general um, is this heavy reliance on the cloud now. So when I look at my, my new iMac, what am I missing? I'm missing a DVD and CD player completely. So they want me to use that cloud. And from my perspective as a more mobile user, since I am operating out of an Airstream, um, I don't always have consistent network. And that's actually very annoying. Um, so if I don't have consistent network, I'd like to slap a DVD into my computer so that I could watch it when I'm on the road uh, during the evenings. Or maybe I want to save some stuff to a, a DVD player instead of a thumb drive or instead of the cloud. You know, if I have limited network access, I still want to be able to use the machine. I'll give you a for example, but I think the for example has changed. Uh, with my GoPro, so we're switching gears here really quick, plugging my GoPro in last year um, while traveling, um, I have the GoPro Quick application for importing GoPro videos and stuff. But that application would throw up because... Uh, if I wasn't connected to the internet, it didn't want to play nice. I think GoPro has changed that now so that you can work on it offline. But bottom line was, they had this expectation that we're all connected. And there are going to be times when we're not all connected. And there are going to be times maybe internet will be down. Back at my home in New Hampshire, we had power outages and snowstorms and blizzards. And along with those power outages, we lost network connection now and again. So if the, my computers, for me to do anything, have an expectation that I'm always connected to the cloud, there's a problem there because I'm not going to be always connected to the cloud. And if a telecom disaster happens um, or if a snowstorm happens and we have power outages or phone issues for days on end, I want to be able to use the tools that I have still offline as well as online. And that's where Apple is also, I think, making another mistake. They're making so much cloud-based um, that it's becoming a real pain if you're not connected. And we're seeing it with other platforms and other software packages out there like the Adobe Creative Cloud. Hey, if I'm offline, I can't validate that this is my license. It really is my license, but I happen to be offline. So I guess the bottom line of today's talk, so the Apples have worked really well for me in my travels. I'm concerned about the uh, general direction of the company, and I guess we're taking a wait-and-see approach. Um, but we've seen some really high-profile issues with Apple in recent months, um, like trying to upgrade one of the iMac Pros. Not a good idea. I've seen plenty of videos out there on that where you could actually turn your iMac Pro into a brick if you do anything with it. I don't think that uh, Apple and the rest of the manufacturers out there should be locking us up in that fashion. If I would like to do some upgrades to my machine and I'm competent, um, I should be able to easily access it, and now I'm not able to. So there you go, guys. There's my two cents on Apple, and if you can't tell, I'm definitely not a fanboy. Um, while I have been a happy consumer for years, they're starting to do a couple of things that concern me. So we're going to have to wait and see. 
But if you're a highly mobile professional like I am, uh, I think that you'll agree with me. You want things that work, and we want the slimline stuff to fit in the small spaces that we work in. But, um, you know, I'll sacrifice a little storage space for a good product. So the last time I went into a Best Buy and looked at the latest MacBook Pros, they're so slim. They're starting to feel more like an iPad or something. And there are those of us out there that still need development platforms. And iPad's just not going to do it for me today. And I think Apple should maybe dial back a little bit. I would love to see, you know, better processors in the 2014 version bodies of the MacBook Pros. And um, not so much attention to the super slim design that we're doing today. I'd like to be able to do my upgrades. I'd like to be able to work while I'm offline. And I think the cloud is starting to change those things and might negatively impact highly mobile, um, highly mobile business people down the road. We'll just have to wait and see. And I'll be sure to update you as I see the changes in the latest hardware. I'll, I'll make note of it here on a Tech Talk Tuesday or Thursday. Well, like I said before, thanks again for stopping into the podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it, and I hope that it was worth your time um, while you were here with me. And we'll see you tomorrow. It's a Wild Card Wednesday, and I don't actually have any show notes yet for it. I'll think it up today while I'm uh, working on other projects. All right, everyone, have an awesome week, and if you're on the road, travel safe. Bye.